We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Picked up by Grimes. Eight is back defensively. 7.45 to go here in the first. And a free pass for Julius Red. Uh, Rob Delusma, what's going on, Rob? What's up, J.M. and Jeremy? I think we're all ready to have a more serious conversation about RJ, and this pleases me. Probably pleases a few people just because I don't know. It's my own feeling, and I made this very clear. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just felt a lot of the praise was unearned over the last few years. Um, so there does seem to be a little bit of a comeuppance. At the same time, if we're having the very serious conversation, it means that the Knicks are not doing well and that he's not doing well. And I don't love that. So, yeah. Yep. He's, <laughs> it's not good. It's got to be better. That's really it. Yeah, it. I, I wonder, are we gonna how like was he? I, I wonder if anybody asked Tibbs like, is RJ still feeling under the weather? Some, somehow, I don't think that question was asked today. I mean, to be fair, on Friday he was so sick that they couldn't even go near him. The, yeah. They being the media, so it's yeah. not like he's totally healthy and just crapping no. in bed. But if he's yeah. not healthy, then don't necessarily play him. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens there. K. Thomas, eight for twenty-six. Quickly, RJ and Randall. Yep, not good. Um, OB two, just up that second number eight for eight for thirty. Um, to be fair, but yeah, no, those guys. It's tough to win when you're. Uh, they were their they were the Knicks' three highest usage players last year. Quickly, RJ and Randall. If they go eight for twenty six, makes life tough. Good comment there, uh, Andrew Claudio with another one. You think watching sick RJ Barrett is frustrating? Try watching Zach Wilson play quarterback for your football team. 
Don't think I will. I <laughs> uh, the Giants lost today, so it's not like I can really joke. But uh, there's a whole pod where we talked about the Jets being six and three, and it's no longer. Like, They're not six and three. Anymore. They are no longer six and three. No, it's unfortunate. But still, Robert, a good season for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I I can't imagine being a defensive player in that locker room after that game. Do you see what uh, Zach Wilson said? Just sorry, very quickly. What he said no, after what, that when what he, said? he was asked, "Do you feel like the offense let the defense down?" and he said, "No." So yeah, I can't imagine being a defensive player. I agree. If I'm hearing that, I'm a little peeved. It's not great. Robert Cross, uh, first time, long time, John. Randall is a disaster. All caps. His presence on the roster is a domino effect that is a clusterfuck. I like how you put that little asterisk in place of the. There's not even an F there. Yeah, I was about to say you missed yeah. the letter. Cluster. Yeah. There you go. Cluster Ruck. Yeah. <laughs> get him. Get him out of here. Hashtag 53 wins. Thank you, Robert. Always appreciate your contribution and your thoughts. MRNK. Thank you for the contribution. $60 million for a non-scoring center. I, I can't kill much today. He was first game back. He didn't look great. Are we going to pay the non-scoring shooting guard too? Hash, uh, in parentheses, IQ. Did this break Obi or did Tibbs break Obi? Maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. Does RJ have a basketball IQ problem? Regardless of two wins on this trip, the overall the vibe feels calamitous. Yeah, this is probably a feeling that's representative of a lot of the fan base right now. Um, mostly bad still, even though they're eight and nine. Um, I don't think they're going to pay Emmanuel quickly. That is my guess. That is my personal guess. I don't think the Knicks will be the one paying him. I hope I'm wrong. I want Emmanuel quickly to stay. I like Emmanuel quickly. Um, and I don't think RJ has a basketball IQ problem. I think he's forcing it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to add an MRNK. I don't mean to make an example out of you. I'm just stating it for the record. One of the things that really grinds my gears is when <laughs> players aren't playing well and people float the entire number that they have. Like this has happened with RJ. It's happened with Mitch. Happens with Randall. Like we're not talking about their full amount over, you know, a span of years. It's just like a way to use it. Like, oh, things seem so bad. Let's use that number. Like we can just talk about their contract this year. Like we could say Mitchell Robinson, $17 million is a lot. It just is. That's a lot for a center. We can also acknowledge the fact that it descends and there's a reason why it was structured that way. So again, don't mean to make an example out of you. It's just in front of me. But I think we can just use the contracts as they are in terms of like with the context and not have the, to, to, you know, bemoan it in, in such a way. I think the criticism for Mitch is not the number either it, uh, in total dollars or in annual dollars. It is the decision to to make him a significant part of your team and to continue to go in the direction where we need the stout rim protector because that is the way our defense functions and everything else must be an outbranch of that. And again, there are many Thibodeau criticisms that I push back very hard against. The fact that Leon Rose has allowed this coach's scheme to essentially dictate so much of their personnel decisions. That's a Leon issue, but it's also a Tibbs issue and your, your personal preferences to where you levy the more, more or less blame there is that's, that's up to you. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know. it does the struggle with that though, is it goes back and forth because if the Knicks didn't cater to Tibbs, it would be, well, they're not on the same page. 
but well then just fire him or don't hire him well that's well of course you want someone who works like clearly they feel yes we are confident and comfortable with this too we we want to protect the paint at all costs but yeah there's got to be more middle ground and it seems like for some of the roster there is but again it seems as though Tibbs has also been on board with a lot of the decisions that have been made as yeah and i think i think mitch is i I think mitch is here because of Tibbs and yeah, we could just leave it at that. Um, good, uh, good comment, Frank. Sound. What's going on, Frank? Watch the Spurs last night. Every no-name guy looked good. Spurs special. Uh, just good basketball. No stars. Better talent. Better system. Come on, Knicks. I mean, I, I will point out that the Spurs, since their, I, I don't know what their start was, but they are, um, they're currently. Yeah, their 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 net rating at the moment. I think I may need to refresh this page, but they're second to last. Yeah, they're second to last in net rating, so they're the second worst team in the league by the numbers. Um, and but at the same time, they do play a style of basketball that is extraordinarily appealing to the eye. And if you look at um assist ratio, which is the percentage of baskets that are made via an or with an assist, they're third behind the Pacers. And the Warriors, the Knicks in that category are 21st, which for them is actually quite a step up because they're usually in the bottom like two or three. And that's the Jalen Brunson effect, I think. Um, But I do think that that is interesting. I do think that that's interesting where it's like. The Spurs play that way because they have to play that way because they don't have the guys to create advantages. You could look at the Knicks and you should say, hey, Tom, Take a note from Pop and recognize that, like, there are no stars on this team. Uh, put put Brunson in his own category because he is kind of a star in, in his own way. Um, do more of that stuff. He doesn't. That's a valid criticism. Um, at the same time, you have to have players that are willing to play a certain way. And how much is it on the coach? How much is it on the front office? If you don't get those players or if coach isn't able to, you know, convince players to play more that way, you know, Different conference, but Tibbs has never been that type, sort of a coach, you know. So I don't, I don't know. And then look, the last point on that, and it, the basketball nirvana is when you get talented players who are willing to buy into that system, which is why the Warriors have won how many championships the last eight years? Four. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, Jessica with another one. Uh, Jeremy has a point. Uh, I'm turning this right over to you, Jeremy. Last season, I pushed back more, um, but this season, there's no Kemba excuse. The front office for letting it happen, but Tibbs has been rough. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, they they recognized that they had too many players on the roster this coming season, and they turned whatever it was into Jalen Brunson. And that was a nice job. They just need to keep working through it. Last year, I think I mentioned it was like last year felt like the awkward teenage years of this team. And this feels like the slightly less awkward teenagers, but still awkward. Like it's less eighth grade. It's maybe more like 10th grade. I don't know. It's a, it, the analogy is not exactly perfect, but it's, they're still maturing. They're still getting to a point where, yeah, they're like, it's not great. There are things that need to be worked out, but you're better. You're getting further along the curve. That's important. And we'll just see what the next step is after that. You know, what's I, not to go back, but like what I appreciate your your comment just now got me thinking about this. This team's going to finish with a record that's much better than San Antonio. They may finish 20 games ahead of San They may double up San Antonio's win total. That is not out of the question. And yet, if you turn on a Spurs game, you know exactly what you're going to see. 
And this year with this team, as it was the case last year, it's Jekyll and Hyde. You know, you turn on the, the Denver game, you see one thing. You turn on the game today, you see another thing. You turn on the Thunder game, you see like, and it's just also different. And that, again, I think that falls on everybody. You want to put that primarily on the coach, that's fine. You know, but I but do think it's a, it's a personnel issue. Yeah, it is a personal issue, but it's also having a system in place for 25 plus years. Yeah. Of being able to, you know, this is what we know works, what works. This is what we know doesn't and try to build around it that way. But it, to me, that as great as Pop is, and he is great, what truly made the Spurs the Spurs was Tim Duncan. And no and player, and no left. player is bigger. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the that. main thing. And no player is bigger than the system. Yeah. Whereas here, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not quite the same. Uh, thanks, Jessica. Kevin with one more. Uh, I'm with John on this one. Outside of Obi, there's no one not being used correctly. If we're going to shit on Tibbs for not empowering Emmanuel quickly, RJ and Obi, can we give him credit? I would say this is the fair comeback, I think, for Quentin Grimes, Cam, and Sims. There's a lot of excuses being made. I just want to add, again, I do think Tibbs is a good development coach. But we're also talking about the same Quentin Grimes who rode the pine for the last three games. And was can we talk about that for a sec? Sure. I think there's... I had my theory that I'll just repeat for anybody who missed it. I think the the front office or the not front office, the team Tibbs, whatever someone decided we want to do a nine man rotation and see if that solves our issues because we're playing too many guys and there's just, there's not enough. Uh, um, what's a good word. It's not gelling. But Consistency. Sure cohesion. Yeah, fine. Cohesion. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Not enough cohesion. And Quentin Grimes was the odd man out specifically because of that decision, not because they like felt a certain type of way about him and, and that they were okay doing that because they figured a, someone will probably get injured or more, or if the, nobody does B, we are going to make a trade within the 30 to 40 game mark of the season. And we are willing to, sacrifice 20-ish games of Quentin Grimes to see if we could right the ship until we can make that trade. That was my theory. That, but that's not Tibbs' style. His like He knows he's fighting for his job. 20 to 30 games from now, he may not even be coaching here. He might. But be, isn't that a fighting for your job move? No. Fighting for your Why? job move would be, who are the best players who can help me win? And granted, the next one, two of those three games, I want to be clear about that. But the best way of trying to keep your job is leaning on the players that you feel are going to help you win games. And Quentin Grimes, we know, can help the Knicks win games. And who, so fine. And who's, if, he, if the decision was made that they think the nine-man rotation is the most important thing to get uh, cohesion, who's, who goes out? But why is it that it has to be a nine? Like, why are we forcing it to be a nine-man rotation? He was playing 10 earlier this I'm, year. The only problem is it was Evan Fournier, who was just abysmal and Randall was not playing well. And you've got issues with RJ. It's less to me about whether it's nine or 10. It's more about who are you playing? And Grimes was hurt. I I don't want to, you know, throw that under the bus or, or or leave it absent. But still, if, if Tibbs feels that the best players are going to help win him games and he needs to win games in order to keep his job, why is he not playing those players if they're healthy? It can't just be, well, I want a nine-man rotation. It's going to be, I want the best players to be on the court, and we'll win games that way. And if we win games, I get to stay here, and I continue coaching, and the team gets better. So I, I don't necessarily... I, 
gel with I, the theory. I would guess that that was a compromise that was made with the front office and specifically with the front office who wants to move either Derek Rose or Emmanuel quickly. But this is a slippery slope now because we've talked in the past about how the front office and Tibbs, there has been very little proof that the front office has been dictating what Tibbs can do. The closest we've gotten to that is when Kemba Walker and Nerlens Noel were shut down for the season and Tibbs really didn't have much of a choice. Then it's not dictating, but it, it is in the sense that if I'm Tibbs and I hear you can't play Quentin Grimes or you, we're trying to trade him later, I'm thinking you're basically setting me up for failure. And we just my, don't have that in front of us to dictate that that might be the case. My impression is that they, as a group, Tibbs and the front office, they have weak, you know, they, I don't know, whatever, regular discussions about these sorts of things. And they kind of come to conclusions together but uh, i i look it's it's a theory you might be right i i can't say that i am it's just it's a theory i have that's all i don't know i don't have anything better <coughs> excuse me robert cross can't get enough tonight the front office is, is garbage Tibbs is not the right coach for this team randall is worthless get rid of all of them hashtag 53 wins thank oh, you robert. robert okay thank you robert and one more you are both right. The front office's plan was non-existent. Tibbs is not coaching the roster well. See ya. Goodbye to both. Hashtag 53 wins. Again, you're not the front office is not going anywhere. Just not happening. I yeah. I, Bruno Wilson, like I, said, I never mentioned anything about a lack of a plan for the front office. I just want to, that to be very clear for me. Duly noted for the record. Thank you. Colonel Wilson, or just Kyle Wilson, I assume that means Colonel. Um, if so, thank you for your service. Leon Rose is the worst culprit at the Knicks. The front office has knocked us back five years signing players on huge contracts who will never who will never be able to shift. Um I'll let you take this one, Jeff. Five years. Again, look, I understand that there are problems staring us right in the face that we want to go away. But I, I like I would really like to remind people what this front office inherited when they started. It was it was the two players that people seem to be talking about a lot in terms of what well, they don't want to move. They don't want them here or they're struggling. And it was basically nothing else. Zero. They had to start from scratch, which is more, which is a lot less than so many other executives have. When executives do teardowns, they have stars that they then get to trade away. Who was that player? Could you make an argument that they should have traded Julius Randle when he was really peaking? hundred percent. hundred percent. But I look around and I still see we're talking about young players that are at least good or promising. And we talk about the fact that, yeah, there are all these picks because as much as people were upset about the 11th pick not being uh, made, we're talking about Quentin Grimes not getting in the rotation. And now we're trying to figure out the 11th pick who's going to be sitting there and we're upset because how is he going to get into the picture? Because it's not going to be a guard because like, it's just not going to be the case. Derek Rose is there. Juice McBride. Like, it's it's just not going to happen for a center. All right. We're talking about not signing Isaiah Hartenstein. I think burning a pick on a center in that range is not the wisest investment. Others can disagree for me. It just doesn't seem like the best thing. I think you could find either great centers at the very top of the draft or you find them later end of the first round, beginning of the second round. If we look for a four, they're not going to see time behind Julius Randall or Obi Toppin. So we're looking for a wing. That's really what it is. And again, I just don't think there was an opportunity for them to really 
create time. Like about 70% of this rotation is players under the age of 25. Isn't that what we've been looking for? Yes. We want star talent. That's the bottom line. We want the Knicks to find stars. Leon Rose was brought in here to build a better team. But I think what gets lost in the conversation is it's the idea of, Oh, he was only here to attract stars. No, he was here. He was brought here to build this team from the ground up. That's why they've invested so much in the draft. That's why they've invested so much in analytics and in coaching and in development. But the problem is it's got to materialize. And that's where their front office situation, uh, the the uh, free agency situation has then bitten them because the trades have been pretty good. Uh, Like they haven't done a lot of them, but the trades they have made, I've been happy with it's, it's the extensions. It seems like when someone signs an extension or a larger contract, they instantly forget how to play basketball. <laughs> and it's very frustrating for that to happen. But you know, it's not setting back five years. It's like I look at the Bulls and how they are the perfect example of setting back five years. We're talking about like they can't even move Zach Levine if they wanted to right now because he's got a trade restriction. We can talk about DeMar DeRozan as much as we want in terms of the fit with this team, but he's a 34-year-old for a team that's going nowhere. Lonzo Ball has said he can't even walk up the stairs because he has that much pain in his knees, and a lot of Knicks fans wanted to sign him, and I was always concerned about the injury factor. And that, of course, is unfortunately playing out for him, and I wish him health and success, but it's just not going well. And you got Vucevic, who's an expiring free agent, and he's just not what this team needs. That, to me, is a front office setting your team back five years. What we're seeing now is a team, a front office that isn't taking significant risks that should start taking risks, especially in this year's draft. That's my pushback. Um, I'll, I'll be very brief. I don't think the front office set them back with like, or actively set them back because if a front office took over tomorrow, a different front office, they, they could pivot into a tank in uh, overnight. Um, if they if they really wanted to, it would not be that hard. The criticism is that this front office should have done that the day they took over. If that's your belief, that's fine. I'm certainly not going to argue with you as much as Jeremy might and others might. I, I won't either. That, that, if they wanted to start, I'm just saying yeah. they wanted to start yeah. from from there, and they had the permission to be bad that first. That's season. that so, would have been fine. I would have been comfortable. And with that. that's the key because this front office never gets the job if that was their presentation to Mr. Dolan. Because what Mr. Dolan wanted was excitement back at the Garden and no more, no more fire Dolan or no more sell the, whatever the fuck the chants are. No more embarrassing back pages. That is what James Dolan wanted, and that's what James Dolan got. He got competence. We're still talking about a team that has an over 500 record since. You know, the, the Leon Rose started making decisions. Um, so I hate to, I hate to bring it back to Mr. Harmonica, but if you, if you really want to apportion blame, then that's, you know, that's where the, that's where the blame goes. It's fine. Great film stuff. I know it's early, but oh goodness, I'm over this season. Oh no, we're in game 17. What am I supposed to look forward to? Uh, keep Brunson, Grimes, Reddish, Obi, and Sims. Bring in Atkinson to develop our guys. I'm tired of the roller coaster. I wonder how long or how many fans will start to join your this bandwagon, this particular bandwagon, as they stay at 500. I I, I think there's going to be room on the bandwagon as long as they stay around 500. I think where the where the where more folks will start to join you is if they start to go to three and four and five and six games under 500 and don't, you know, 
act appropriately, let's say, and God forbid if they get to if they make a um I always forget the guy's name. Chris Benson trade. The Met, right? Wasn't that the Met? The yes. stage yeah. Okay. But I'm sorry, to be clear, what bandwagon are we talking about specifically the, that I'm on? the tanking like oh the, the bandwagon of like I'm over this season, the se- this season is pointless. That bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. I mean that certainly been one where it's it, here's the difficulty for me, right? I am at my core a Knicks fan, and I recognize that other people are Knicks fans. So I care about the team because I am a fan, and also it's my job to care about the team. But I also know that as each game passes, it's just kind of like, yeah, they either won it or they lost it. It's an average team. What are you going to do? Uh, it's why I get upset when things are bad and when I'm happy when things are good. But I can't live and die to the level that I would in other seasons because the consequences aren't nearly as dire and the ceiling of what's going to be this year is that high. So I'm just kind of numb to it, which like I'm, I'm able to enjoy the good games, but then I don't feel like I don't feel the visceral reaction. A lot of people might feel for the bad ones. And I think it's a great thing to do personally. And I'm just speaking for me because I love watching basketball and it's like very low stakes. And there will come a time where I will live and die with this team to a greater extent. But yeah, for those of you who want to join that philosophy, more power to you. I, I sympathize with anybody who is finding themselves unable to enjoy the good games because of a lack of faith that even that, even those moments will lead to something ultimately good on a larger scale. I understand that skepticism. And so, Greg, I'm not going to blame you. Um, thank you for the contribution, by the way. Um, forgotten NYC, one more. Forget the Knicks. Can we talk GMAC's Jets losing? Uh, I think GMAC might be in studio. I saw him pop up briefly before, but I don't I think he's going to go into hiding after this loss. That's my gut feeling. Um, oh, no. Oh, he's in the dark, too. He's literally in the dark. Uh, with the Jets had do we have the rights to this there. song, by the way? Are you going to get us sued? I don't care. Okay. About anything. What is he playing? Nirvana, something yeah. in the way. Everything's right. in the way. All the right. quarterback's in the way. RJ right, Barrett's in the way. I was the born Knicks in the should dark. trade RJ. I don't know if this works under the cap. Um, if the poison pill would prevent this, the Knicks should trade RJ Barrett for Zach Wilson. Who cares? Sports are meaningless. The Patriots are always going to win, no matter who the quarterback is. It's always going to happen, guys. You guys are frustrated arguing about whether Tibbs empowers Emmanuel quickly. You know, the worst head coaching decision is that Robert Sala empowers Zach Wilson. That that's my life right now. It's unfortunate. The Jets aren't six and three. They might as well be six and 11 this season. It's over. It's done. Congrats, Jeremy. The Giants are seven and three. I wish I was seven and three. No, I'm in last place now. That's real. The Jets are in last place. Well, at least it's a comfortable, familiar spot. Thanks, Sean. Anytime. Um, thank you, Andrew. Uplifting thank you for getting NYC. Andrew Claudio. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Um, that was a good bit. Uh, do we have anything else? Uh, busy. Yeah, what's going on, Busy? IQ and OB checked out on Tibbs. Oof. IQ's confidence has been completely been killed by this coaching staff. If you listen, if that's the, if that's what you want to say, I do not have the evidence to tell you you're wrong. You know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say they're out on the coach, but maybe they, who knows? They might be. 
I, I've already said my piece on it. Yeah, you've already said your piece. Yeah. Um, Juan Yanez, thank you for the contribution. Appreciate it. Busy with one more. Try to make a natural scorer IQ into a pure point guard. Um, meanwhile, you sign a guy ahead of him who plays exactly how he wants to play, Bronson. Just trade the kid already and let him be free. Well, listen, Jalen Bronson is... Yeah. Good. No, you go ahead, but I'll, I'll echo you. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Brunson is a magician with the ball. Uh, quickly is a nice player. He hits some big shots. He can make a pull-up three. Um, should be taking a lot of them. Um, his confidence is not there. I blame blame everybody for that. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Uh, the beauty of it is they can also play together. And they have. They can. So, you know, again, with, with IQ, it's just a lot of it is shot making and he's not making the shot but i like you busy i do wonder about the coaching staff and um where his motivation lies because when you succeed you're still in the same role and again like i don't see it as well brunson's unblocking him i just see it as there's opportunity for him to see more minutes and you know he closes games which is great but the way tibbs also starts with his lineups indicates how he's going to close games as well so it's why I would like to see more minutes from Manuel quickly, but he's he's got to hit shots in order for that to, to work. But even if he's hitting shots, are we talking about a player who's then magically seeing more minutes? I don't think so. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I think Manuel, I like Emmanuel quickly here. I hope he's a Nick for a long time. I suspect that he may not be. Uh, thank you for the contribution, though. Uh, Juvenile, one more. RJ's a small ball four, like Scotty Barnes. Changed my mind. Uh, Scotty Barnes a, is an ascending star. Um, should RJ play the four? Maybe. Um, that's fair. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he should. I don't Wouldn't know. hurt to give something, I mean, something else a shot. It'd be nice. Yeah. But if he's going to do it, it's probably going to be with the bench unit because that's when Tibbs often puts him and four bench players around him. Yeah. Like I, I guess but Obi I has to see minutes. Like we're, we're talking about Randall and Obi and then like, yes, could he be creative? It'd be nice. But at the same time, I, I don't think it's necessarily that RJ at the four is the issue. It's we're talking about how that then impacts the minutes of other players. Cause they're not like, going to just not play Julius. There's only so, so many if, minutes to go around. Yeah. If they're, if he's at the four, what is like, what is that doing for you as your team if you have R.J. Barrett at the four? In theory, when you put more of a wing at the four as opposed to more of a traditional four at the four, you gain speed. You gain shot making. You gain maybe some playmaking. Are those three areas that anybody feels good about R.J. Barrett right now? Like, Not necessarily, no. Yeah, so that's why I'm like hesitant to be like, yes, that is the skeleton key that will unlock this player. No. You know, but who knows? Yeah. Um, thank you for uh, for the contribution, Robert Cross. Robert Cross, man, uh, it must be cloudy in San Diego today. This is for my man Cutlets. Let's get you to Aller. You then get promoted. You then get rid of Randall. I don't want a third therapist right now. Hashtag fifty three wins. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. Um, you know, I'm sure that they're trying to think of ways in which they would be able to move him. But for right now, he's also, you know, 
he seems like a leader in the locker room. He called the players only <laughs> meeting that happened. Like he's not leading on the court. Clearly <laughs> he's not leading by uh, design example? or example, but he seems to be someone who has a larger voice in the, on the team. Yeah. Um, does that mean he should stay? Not necessarily. I think if you found the right deal, that works, but you have to write, find the right deal. Um, so, I yeah. think Robert would say, the right deal is any deal that he would, but that's also Robert and I respect where he's coming from, but you know, yeah, Robert, I, I, I don't know if I would disagree with you. I'll just say that. Um, 007 Angelo RJ said they would shock the world. Shake my head. Um, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting quote. You know, it. I, I listened to it, and I remember as I listened to it, I'm like, he doesn't mean that, or he doesn't believe that. That's just a thing you say because you know it sounds good. It's how many, you know, uh, preseason press quotes and you know whatever they. It, it happens to every team. That's the thing. It just because we are Knicks fans and we interact with the Knicks more, we don't necessarily see a lot of the other quotes that come to the surface. Yes, that's from true. other teams. Yes. Very fair. Um, thank you for that. Uh, Frank Sound, the Spurs thing starts from the top. They have a clear idea of how they want to play. That creates values. We hire Tibbs and don't go down that road. So, if it, well, it, the Spurs thing starts from the top and that their owner is completely hands off and has always been completely hands off and has let the Pop and Buford run the team how they want to run the team. Um, I think it's like pop dictates the style of play in San Antonio. He always has, and they get players that work and in that system, which is to say to be unselfish and do all the things, the little things you need to do to win games. Uh, Like Tibbs has a system. It's just not a system that people like um, because it's not as pleasing on the eyes as the Spurs system. But Tibbs has a system, you know, they, he has a clear idea of how he wants them to play. Is it the most conducive thing with the roster that he has had here? Not necessarily. Yeah. But yeah. And again, yes, for all these organizations, it does start at the top, but it's also the talent you have on the floor. And that's why, look, when you go from Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard to really no one that's of meaningful, you know, Kelton Johnson's had a really nice season, but like it's talent. It's, it's star talent. They also had David Robinson for years. Like they've been very lucky to have very good players. This is the first time they haven't really had that. And they've got a lot of picks, you know, I mean, they, they were even able to turn DeMar DeRozan into a sign and trade to the bulls. And I, which I want to say one thing as I was scrolling through comments, just to see where we were at in our super chat, I happened to notice that someone hated the fact that I made a comparison to the Knicks and the Bulls in terms of where they're at. And I have to go back and push back so hard on that. And the reason for that... Why did they hate... Hold on. Why did they hate it? Just because of the fact that the Bulls at least have stars and the Knicks Oh, don't. my God. And <laughs> the Bulls can't trade a first-round pick. They're, you can trade Never. a pick for seven years. They can't trade a single one of them. No. They are currently 6-10. and 10. Uh, Their schedule coming up is against Boston, in Milwaukee, in Oklahoma City in Utah, in Phoenix, in Golden State, in Sacramento. That's brutal. And we're talking about why, because they have players who we can anoint as stars, 
one of them sits out games because of his knee injury. He's the best player. He can't carry the team. It's just if the Knicks, if the Bulls were the Knicks right now, we would be apoplectic at the idea that this team can't even tank. Oh my because God. Of the fact that the, uh, the, the magic have their pick if it's five yeah. through 30. So no, no it's brutal. It's, I, I have to push back yeah, on that. It, we're not even, they're not even the same universe. No, there are teams in terms of where they're at right now. There are teams in worse positions than the Knicks in the league. I don't know if it's five teams. I don't know if it's 10 teams. I don't know if it's 15 teams, probably not 15 teams. Um, but there are, there are teams in worse positions than the Knicks and the Knicks are not in a position. Again, the best thing that this front office has done is if they all get fired tomorrow, whoever takes up the job after them, assuming they're giving Carpont to do what, what they want to do by the owner, they're in a really good spot. They're in a really, really good spot. So, you know, that's that's good. What's up, Knicks fans? With the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it's the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver right to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more than 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are jam-packed. Luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. Plus, I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and more than 36 add-on options, such as smoothies, juices, snacks, and so much more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Also, Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun and you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion? Meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. When things get hectic during the holidays, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Even better, Factor's no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I get too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Knicks fans, Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic holiday times. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use promo code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. One, uh, Yanez, it's time to go brick for Vic. JB Grimes, Cam, and Sims are keepers. RJ and Julius Randle are the same player. One has to go. When does the front office start the teardown? What is not, the teardown? Not going to happen. Uh, what What are they ta- like? If you trade want the Randall, Knicks to keep their RJ. best players in this yeah. scenario, or at least most of them, then they're going to be good. If you're trading the worst ones, then wouldn't they inherently be getting better as a result? I, I, I just don't understand. Their teams have gotten a head start. Kate Cunningham might miss the entire rest of the season. Yeah. Like, it, it's just... We just talked about tanking. And then what? What happens if the Knicks, they didn't they don't tank hard enough and then they don't get Victor Wembanyama? Then what are we play, saying? If they play Brunson for the majority of the rest of the year and they play all the young players that everybody wants to see, I don't think that there's a chance that they could get in the top six in the lottery order. No, it has to be a legitimate injury to someone like Jalen Brunson, which we all should hope is not happening. Yeah. We all should want that. We all should want him to stay healthy. And if he's staying healthy, the Knicks are going to be a better team. 
but it it just feels like it just feels like there's this range, right? Like the Knicks basically can't do anything right from the outside looking in. They're not going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. That's just a fact. It's not going to happen, assuming someone like Jalen Brunson stays healthy. Okay, so then are they in the next tier? Well, that tier is looked at as as purgatory. Okay, then what about the tier after that? That's even more purgatory. Okay, what about after that? Well, they're in the playoffs. That's great, but why? What's the point of making the playoffs when this team doesn't have an established star? Like, they're, they're in a no-win situation because no, it's so easy to find a gripe about where they finish unless they get lucky in the lottery and we can all talk about how great it is that they got lucky because it's better to be lucky than good and we yeah, can move but- on from there. There is no sweet spot in my mind that's going to make everyone happy unless it's the Knicks winning the lottery or winning the championship. I There's think no I think a lot of fans, me included, if you told us that they were going to go in a direction where it's just nothing but playing young players for the next couple of years. Even if it meant trading Brunson, to be honest with you, like I think a lot of people would sign up for that. Um, But they're sort of doing that. That's the thing. They're not, they're they're not, not but they are because again, if 70% of your rotation is guys are under the age of 25 years old, you are doing it. The problem is that the players that you have, like, Fournier is not even in the rotation. People want to trade Evan that. Fournier. He's not that. even playing right now. He's the only guy who hasn't played this whole week. Yeah, but it's it's very clear that they are trying to win. I understand yeah. that, but but what you're asking is for them to play young players. They are no, doing no, that. The no, issue I'm, is that Julius Randle is looking very not good, and RJ Barrett is looking very not good, and Derrick Rose might not even see time if he's injured, which means another young player is going to get the opportunity to do it. At least we would hope so, unless it's Evan Fournier. They're, they're doing it. They, they are. It's just the roadblocks that are inhibiting them from being better are because the veteran players they've signed to larger contracts are shitting the bed. Yes, and I That's think it. people would like to get rid of those players. That's we all would. We yeah. all want to see them gone. It's just a matter of what the price point wow. is. And, you know, I understand if the philosophy is like, well, I don't care what the price point is. Just get rid of them. I get that. But it doesn't mean they're going to do it. Um, thank you, Juan, for sparing that. I appreciate it. Uh, James Lee, maybe the front office told Tibbs to tank, and that's why RJ plays 30. Listen, I wouldn't put anything past anybody. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Robert Cross with another one. That dude that talked about being tired of watching this crap. I am on that bandwagon. Hashtag 53 wins. Man. No, you're not. Amazing. Robert. You're not tired. Amazing. There's no, you, you love, you hate this, but you kind of, kind of love it. it. If you had told me before the season, what's the worst? What is the worst post game like vibe you could imagine if they are eight and nine after seventeen games? I would not have guessed this. I would not have gone this far down the 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 um the sewer. But here we are. You know how hard it is to get from bad to good to great. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. The issue is the Knicks just don't have that guy to then elevate them to great. And they have players that can elevate them to good. And that's, that's going to be the root of it for a lot of fans. That's why a lot of people, that's why a lot of people are like, I don't even care what the specifics of tanking look like. I I understand why. Appreciated effort towards that directive. I get it. Uh, But it's just, and I'm not faulting them for it. It's fine if they want to feel that way. I but, feel, I kind of feel. That but way. how many times during 2017 and 2018 did fans have that same reaction? And it was like, well, what did we walk away with? Nothing really to show for it. 
I look putting RJ's issues aside. They did walk away with RJ Barrett. They also no, walked. I'm saying before RJ, not 2019. Oh, before that, well, they yeah. never really, they never really engaged in a true like a true. I'm tank. just saying in terms of rooting for losses, not like a true let's go full on with the tank. I just mean in terms of like if you're a fan and you're rooting for losses, like. Well, you walked away with Frank Nilakina one of those years. Sure. And you would hope that the, this front office knows how to draft better and that if they are losing more games and they have a higher pick and that they know who to pick. And, but then we talk about, oh, well, they should have taken, I mean, you know, let, Halliburton over, over Obi so Toppin. So like, the, it, it happens. It's a, it's a crapshoot. That's just the way the draft works. The further down you fall, the harder it becomes to nail the pick. When it was Frank... There were, you could argue, three or four possibilities there, five possibilities there that were realistic possibilities. One of them panned out, and that one was Donovan Mitchell. Um, the or was that the Bam year? That I think was the Bam, was year. The Bam so, year. So two. So you had, so you had like a two and five or two and six shot, and you didn't choose correctly. When they picked third with RJ, which is what tanking got them. They kind of had a one and two shot because the two options it seemed like at the end of the day were RJ and Darius Garland. And they went with RJ. You know, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just stop there. Um, so the higher up you go, the better your chances are of making the correct pick because there's less, you know, wrong choices, I guess, in front of you. Of course. But Robert, yeah. La- just last thing and we'll turn over. Yeah. Yes, I hear you and I completely agree. And it's why I don't necessarily fault that logic. It's more like, Look at 2020. We we can say, yes, Halliburton should have been the pick over Obi, but I also don't see people being like, well, I'm glad they didn't go with Jalen Smith or like Kyra Lewis Jr. Dev Vassell there too. Right, but it, exactly. It goes both ways. But if we yeah. want to see it one way, then we see it only that one way. I know. You're right. Uh, Robert Cross, this is from my man college. Too much pragmatism. Just get it done. Hashtag yeah. 53 wins. I don't. Sorry, Robert. I don't think Leon's listening to you. Unfortunately. It's okay. All right. Is that it? Oh, no. And another one. Robert, you know what is really tough? Not having a goddamn plan. They, they, have, a, they have a finish line in mind. Having a coach that isn't good for the roster and watching Randall every night. Hashtag 53 wins. Man, I'll say this. Robert has been even-handed. He's been even-handed. Tibbs, front office, Randall. Sure. Across the board. Again, they are they have been building through the draft and they are trying to look to find star talent every which way they can. And they have been unsuccessful at doing like they tried to trade up for Jaden Ivey. It was too expensive for them. They didn't want to be at a point where the what Detroit wanted was just simply too much and then it hurts them on the on the other end. This is why I sincerely hope, as I've said, that now moving forward, what they do is they try to trade up again in this draft, not to you know that level of five because they're just not likely to get there. But even moving up a few spots, you know, let's say they finish, I don't know, thirteenth, get to ten. You have the picks to do. Like that is the type of step that I would like to see them do. But their plan is very clear. It's we want to build through the draft, and we will try to support them through free agency, and we will try to find a star that we can acquire via the draft or trade. And we want to use the pieces that we have to go get that. It's right now that just fucking sucks. And I, I That's think the, the problem, I think the pushback against that would be why, 
why put yourself in a position where you have to trade up from 13 to 10 or trade up from 10 to seven when you could just, there is a world where you can get now again, we've thought I, about and it. I hear it only gets so high, but that also impacts the value of the players currently on the roster. Cause if you keep losing, well, then they're not going to play very well. I, I, yes, but you could also, there is a world where you, if you trade off certain assets and you play other assets even more, yeah, the, the end product is going to be bad, who? but those players. Who in this case? Let's Randall, let, Randall. He, he wants you to trade if Randall. He's, if he's active, I understand he does, but I'm, I'm saying, and I don't mean this to be Robert's point. I'm just saying if the philosophy is I want Randall to get off the team and I want a higher draft pick, how is it that those two complement each other? Oh, they probably don't. Right. Yeah. So it it just goes, it it's two things going in, in opposite directions. No, t- or, t- t- tanking tanking is, is, is shutting down Jalen. And I don't mean for that to be Robert's point i'm just no, he's, saying he's, in general but i know what i don't Robert even think wants. he wants to tank no he doesn't he wants no. 53 wins <laughs> hashtag uh thank you again thank you for all the contributions robert um and one more should have been a goddamn rebuild from day one hashtag 53 wins no well, yeah. yeah there you have it uh you're the man robert you've been the you have been the theme of this post game jersey shore 74 mac three years ago you said rj would be traded well i'm waiting hashtag lol um I did say that I thought quickly would be the one to sign the extension to break the Charlie Ward curse. I'm not going to be right about that because I don't think he's extending here. Uh, RJ did break the Charlie Ward curse. Um, I still think he's going to be traded. I think RJ will be traded this summer. That is my guess. Yeah. I think if he's not traded this season because of the fact that the poison pill makes things difficult, that they will try to find someone who is better at the three. He needs to start hitting some shots, though. Otherwise, he's not going to be the most tradable contract in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, Colonel Wilson with another one. Jeremy, you love this front office. You won't hear a bad word about them. But tell me this. How do we get rid of Fournier and Randall? I am open to hearing a bad word about the front office for whatever it's worth. I, they, there's some very valid criticisms that I'm very comfortable with. But again, if Fournier is not even playing, why are we rushing to move him off the roster? If he's not a hindrance to what's going on, if you don't need the cap space, what is the point of moving him? It's really more just if if the team and if he feel there's a better spot elsewhere and the Knicks can make a deal that doesn't hurt them, then they should just they should do it. But if they feel it's going to hurt them on the back end, they should just holster him. And then he's an expiring free agent in the summer. And then maybe there's him. Yeah, he's a he's a loaded gun. (laughs) He's ready to shoot. That's the point. You know he's itching to it. Um, Fa- fascinating, by the way. To to we should put a, a a. I mentioned it earlier, but we should say explicitly now. Almost two hours into this thing, when uh, Rose went down, the like the fact that Deuce got off the bench to take his place means that like any illusions about like Fournier's trade value or we want to keep the trade like that's that ship has sailed. Like they're clearly like this guy's gonna just. He's he's not going to get off the bench ever again for us, probably. Yeah, again, it, yeah. I think I mentioned last week. It reminded me of Bertans and yeah. with the Wizards, and like that's kind of the situation it seems to be turning into. Although Bertans has more injury issues, and with Randall again, I I don't think that they want to move him nearly as badly as fans want him to go. I think the issue with Obi Toppin and, and Randall is that the coach that they have in place loves his forty eight minutes of rim protection. It's harder to do that, especially when you have three centers who are all healthy. 
And if that's the case, then you need to figure out something with the coach. And unless they move Mitchell Robinson this year, which I don't, I think he's more likely of a candidate to be moved in the offseason, but crazier things have happened. So who knows? Then it's just an issue. Everything kind of converges on that. So I think they're going to look for solutions to kind of change things around Randall, which, you know, maybe it is coaching. Maybe it's the players he's playing with. Maybe it's the fact that whoever comes in next is able to not even change him, but just put him in a different role. And then that brings Obi Top in there. And I think if you can improve Randall in that sense, you have a better chance of moving him. Or if he's playing well enough, you can keep him here longer and it doesn't hurt you as much. Obviously, my preference is for him to be moved. I, I don't think that they are going to look at this in the way that fans are looking at this. They're going to be much more, I don't want to say pragmatic, so to speak, but they're just not willing to take a loss when they feel like the way that we feel watching games is it's just different for them. It's just not the same. I think they want to move them. I think they want to move them for a certain value and nobody wants to pay that value right now. So, yeah. um, thanks Colonel. Appreciate that. And next up, this has been wild by the way, after yeah. on a Sunday afternoon, getting their ass kicked by Phoenix. We've been on here for two hours. Thank you to everybody uh, who has been keeping us on and, giving us some really good comments and giving us some stuff to chew on. Uh, there was never any shortage of things to chew on with this team. I'll be very curious to see how the next week goes. Um, Robert Cross with one more. Look at Benji's clip of Mr. Grumpy. I retweeted it, so I've seen it. And tell me how he could stay on this godforsaken team. There's no Randall retribution. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, do you want to give out a game ball and, and, um, and uh, detention real quick? I do, but before we do that, um, what else is there to do? I just want to, uh, Justin, could you throw up the image onto the screen? Cause I wanted to go over one thing. It's not going to be extensive. It's more just like, there it is. Perfect. I just wanted to very quickly, and if we could just remove Robert, thank you so much. Um, there's basically just kind of looking at this team and Emmanuel quickly. Cause we didn't, we didn't really talk about it much, right? With Rose and IQ and the trade report that came out for each. I just wanted to point out the cap situation, which is that. If you look at this, the year that quickly would get paid is 2024-25. The Knicks don't have to move him for cap reasons because they're going to be over the cap anyway. At least that's the implication. It's a question of whether they want specifically to have Emmanuel quickly on this team. And uh, and thank you, Justin. You can you can probably move that down. And we can talk about it, right? Like the way I see with quickly, and I know a lot of people were very upset to see the report on Friday. I love quickly. I don't want him to go anywhere. I've been very clear about that as well. The way I see it, if quickly is quickly gone. No, he's still on this team. Has he been traded for a pick? No, he's still on this team. If, and when he gets traded, that's when I feel like we can assess. But until then the Knicks are doing their due diligence. They're trying to get an understanding of what his value is. They always needed to consolidate in some way. My pushback on how they might consolidate is I don't really want to trade Emmanuel quickly for a draft pick. I would rather use quickly as part of a larger package, like what we saw him almost be in with Donovan Mitchell, like that type of deal, not necessarily that deal specifically, but something that will launch you forward. Not, Hey, let's take a team that really needs good defenders uh, and good defensive rebounders and just kind of throw them away and we'll get a pick back. Cause maybe that pick will turn into someone that's better than Emmanuel quickly. I'd rather just keep quickly in that sense. I'll turn it to you. 
No, you said it really well. Uh, good transition. We're going to give out some game balls, uh, of course, because Jeremy just... I mean, at least I had a chance this week. You did. I, I had a chance, and I fucked it up. I just, I was so convinced that they were going to lose by a billion points every night, and I did not foresee two wins coming. But you did. Uh, you get to give the first game ball. Curious where you go with this one. Yeah, I'm just going to go with old reliable himself, Jalen Brunson. Everyone had a terrible third game. Everyone. So it's almost like throw it in the trash, set it on fire, extinguish it. But for Brunson, you know, it's just a lot of it is just certainly consistency. I would have loved to have given Randall the game ball. That Denver game was so good that I was thinking, (laughs) oh, maybe if he has just a good enough game today, I'd be willing to give it to Randall. I can't. I can't in good conscience do that. So um, I'm going to give it to Jalen Brunson for his performances. Um. There were two rotation Knicks that were positive plus minus for the week. They were in the four games. The Knicks were outscored by 5.3 points per hundred possessions. Um, not great. The two positive Knicks in terms of uh, plus minus were Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin. Unfortunately, they both have slash lines that um, mm, leave a bit to be desired quickly with a 30 and 30% overall, 23% from deep Obi Toppin, 28% overall, 28% from deep. Um, exactly the same number, even though uh, not exactly the same shots from deep and and from long or and from two. Um, I don't really give a crap. I'm giving it to Quentin Grimes. That's how impressed I was with Quentin Grimes today. I, I, you know what? Actually, hmm. Part of me was actually wants to pivot now and give it a sit. No, I'm going to give it to Grimes with an honorable mention to Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims came in and. Talk about someone that is not having any issues with getting rewarded for his, you know, efforts or this and that. Dude just came in and cleaned up for really all three games. I thought he played well today. I thought he and he was outstanding, outstanding in the last mm-hmm. two games. Um, uh, bef- uh, Golden State and then Denver, and I feel like he didn't play. Did he play? No, he didn't. He played a little bit in Utah. He played a little bit in Utah. He was pretty good in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm losing track. I know Jer- Jericho Sims had a great week. That's now I'm really feeling bad. Now I should give it to Sims. I was thinking of giving it, you know, the thought of Grimes, but it's just he only played one game. I can't. So then, I'm, you know what? I'm going to build his best ability. Even though I'm going to switch it, I'm going to give it to Sims. Grimes gets the honorable mention. I'm sorry, I, I cluster effed that one up. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Jericho Sims. You're awesome. I hope he stays in the rotation somehow, even though I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, detention. Hmm. Wonder who you'll pick. Um, I mean, I have the first choice, right? Yes, you do. Yeah, I'm not going to overcomplicate this one. So, just looking at on off for this week, just for this week, for these four games, again, um, the on off, the net rating for these four games. Uh, hold on, my computer is being slightly slow. Um, is not great. It's minus five point nine. Not good. When RJ Barrett has been on the court, it's one hundred thirty-five minutes. Knicks are getting outscored by sixteen point eight points per hundred possessions over these four games. When RJ Barrett has been off the court in these four games, small sample size, only fifty-seven minutes. The Knicks have outscored their opponents by 25.1 points per hundred possessions 
<laughs> and you know what the real kicker is, Jeremy? What's that, John? The offense is, is really good. It's like a top five number. It's like 115.7. It might even be a league leading number. I don't know what the offensive numbers the way they are today. But 115.7 is very good. The defensive rating without RJ on the court is 90.5 in 57 minutes. What does that tell you? Well, it tells, tells me, me it's, it tells me it's a very small sample size. It is. But it does tell me that there is a noticeable difference. Wow. Uh, Doghouse goes to you. Um, honestly, I'm just going to pick pretty much everyone not named Manuel quickly when it comes to defensive rebounding. Quickly has a lot of warts that need to be sorted out right now. But um, for context, last year, the Knicks had the fourth best defensive rebounding percentage. This year, they have the 29th best also known as next to last. Would you like to guess who the worst team is in terms defensive of defensive rebounding? rebounding? Mm-hmm. The Nets? Correct. Good guess by me. Yeah. All these second chance opportunities that occur because, you know, I mean, forget no rebounds, no rings, no rebounds, no wins, no rebounds, no defense. I don't know. No rebounds, no offense. Like, it just... Have to do a better job. Have to. You can't go from that good last year with a team that also wasn't as good to this bad this year with a team that's better. Got to clean it up. Clean it up. I love it. Uh, Okay. Time for predictions, which of course are sponsored by our good friends at WinBet. Again, download the WinBet app or visit winbet.com to start winning. That is W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. Download, bet, win. All Jeremy Cohen does. Win, win, win. Open the door just a crack for me. Could have walked right through that sucker. I said, nah. Close that right into my own face. Ugh. Not fun. Um, it is a three-game week. The Knicks visit Oklahoma City uh, today by the time you're listening to this. And then they come home after Thanksgiving. They have three days off, and they visit Portland at home on Friday, and they face the feisty, fighting Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday, um, which we will, I believe, we're recording after that game. So three-game week. I have a feeling I know which way you're going to go. But why don't you let, let us know? Going one and two. That's what I felt. Yeah. You know, I think there's one of these is winnable. Um, Jaw, Desmond Bain, both out. Blazers are going to be without Damon Lillard. The Thunder, I don't know. While the Knicks gave up 145 points, they also scored 135 points. So I think they could take one of them. I don't know if I feel good about two of them, but... Then again, would it really surprise you if this team went two and one and we're talking next week about another 500 team? It would not surprise. It it would not surprise me, which is why I'm going to take two and one after taking all four last week. Um, I would have taken one and two, but I would have thought about two and one anyway. So I'll just, you made life easy for me here. Uh, We'll see if I could get off the schneid one of these weeks. Uh, but yes, taken two and one. And I believe we have one last super chat before we get out of here. Uh, this one from Forgotten NYC. 
If Jew never signed the extension, what would he get on the open market? Great question to end with. Nice theoretical question. I am assuming you are asking this for this upcoming summer. Um, so why don't we do this? Why no, don't we be pre- last last summer? Oh, okay. I, well, right. Because if he didn't sign the extension, he would have been a free agent last year. Sure. Okay, that's fine. I was just taking it fully theoretical, but yeah, um, if he was coming off of that year that he had last year, what would he have gotten? Oh my goodness. I, hmm, I think someone would it. Hmm. See, the issue was there wasn't a lot of cap space to go around last summer, right? Who had cap space? Um, it was like five or six teams, and the teams that had cap space were teams that were not looking to win. So, may I give my answer while you? Yeah, please pontificate. Uh, seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year through a sign and trade. Some team that's like, you know what? It's because again, it wouldn't market level wouldn't have been the 23 or so that he signed for 120% of his last year. So they would have been like, all right, look, we have enough, whatever salary we could get this done. It's not like we have to give up anything more than like a second round pick to make the math work. But it's that, or it's a mid-level exception. And I think he would have signed for more than the mid-level, which is why I think that's where the sign and trade comes in. Like we could, just, you know, you could talk me down to sixteen, but I yeah. think just as as much as we talk about Julius and his role and how he's been impacting this team, there are also a lot of other not great contracts out there where another team could have said, "Yeah, it's a chance to be better than what we've got." It just wouldn't have looked like this, and inherently, his value as a player would have been perceived differently because it's not like, "Hey, the Knicks paid this guy, you know, four years and twenty-two or three million plus every year." It's like. Christian Wood type contract. It's it's something that's just more palatable. I yeah, Christian Wood signed uh for well, he's on expiring contract. Um, he is now, but he I yeah, think he signed now. for like what three, three years, for like 40, 40, three for forty one. Two, yeah, something like that. On a lower cap. Um I, I, I won't just just to take the the exercise in a different direction, I'm gonna for my answer pretend it's this upcoming summer when teams actually have space. I think someone would give him two for forty. Um, in this upcoming summer, that's what I think you would get. Um, so it's twenty million a year. I do not think a team would give him more than two two guaranteed years. No, and in sign and trade, it would. Ha- it doesn't have to be guaranteed for three years, but it probably would be. Like, yeah, I just i I have a really tough time seeing any team unless they were just. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't we'll see what team is. Yeah, we'll never know. Right. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, anybody still with us? Thanks for sticking with us for two hours after what was not a very pleasant game. Hopefully things get better starting tomorrow where we can at least have, you know, happier conversation, whatever that whatever that is defined by uh, with this team right now. Uh, don't forget to like the video that you're watching and subscribe to the channel and also follow KFS on social. Uh, everything is the same thing. It's at Nick Film School with S-K-O-O-L. Um, Twitter is still alive for the moment. So, um, you know, there's that. But if you don't follow us or even if you do follow us on Twitter, be sure to look us up on TikTok and Instagram again at Nick Film School, S-K-O-O-L. That's it. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Justin's producing that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Justin, um, for an excellent 
excellent, excellent, excellent production from you with Jer- uh, Andrew in mourning for his beloved Jets. I think that's it. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Thank you. Thanksgiving. Happy oh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy yep. Thanksgiving. <laughs> 